Welcome to another episode of Just Jerry Live, Plotting Perspective in Church Life with Todd Bryant. And Jeff Short. How's it going, man? Going pretty well. Been a been a couple of weeks since we've done a, a podcast. I know we've both been rather busy, but uh, it's good to, good to be able to talk to you again. Yeah, trying to get back at it here, get back in the, the groove, I guess, as it were. Yeah, I mean, this is something I really enjoy doing for sure, but uh, time just sometimes takes over. Life life has crooks and turns that you don't plan on, but uh, here we are. People have been waiting, and uh, we are going to satisfy the masses. <laughs> Absolutely. People have been. You know, I have heard a little bit from uh, some of our more devoted fans uh, that they have been waiting patiently. I did not know my mom. I guess is the case for me. My mom's got your number. <laughs> not, not your mom, actually. <laughs> All right. All right. So you wanted to talk about my blog from the other day. Well, I noticed that you wrote a piece and, you know, that's to, to use a little bit of inside journalistic lingo. You wrote a piece. You wrote a piece on blind spots the other day, and, and that seemed to be a, a pretty interesting topic. So. Won't you tell me a little bit about what she's trying to say there? Well, you know, as you're congregating with the Church of Facebook, and by, before anybody tosses any stones, that is purely tongue in cheek. There is no Church of Facebook, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, every, you, you've got. If you're a pastor, you've probably got friends from every you know denominational background with every type of belief, and and. You, you see so much venomous debate if if debate is even the right word and it seems that everyone is a is a master and no you know everybody else is the student and i just thought it might be good for us to remember that we ultimately are all going to stand before god one day and we all are going to stand for some things that that we did not personally do well and i you know, I hope that my theology is much closer to correct today than it was 25 years ago when the Lord saved me or near 20 years ago when I started preaching. But I know that just because of my upbringing in uh, a certain part of the country and a certain circle of churches with a, a circle, certain, you know, individuals as pastors and even my own parents who were great Christian people, but had their own you know, ways of, of living that I, I have blind spots just due to that. And it's hard for all of us to open up God's word and drop all blind spots and just let the word speak to us. And I think Paul speaks about that in first Corinthians four, when he's ultimately being wrongly judged by the church at Corinth and of course, Second Corinthians really being just a defense of his ministry. That didn't seem to improve a whole lot after this first letter. But his, his point in the middle portion of that section, verses one through five, is that I'm not aware of anything against myself. In other words, Paul's saying, you know, I, I don't see my own personal blind spots, but I'm not acquitted by that. The Lord is still going to be my judge. The point being I think we would all do well to realize that we have, we're, none of us are perfect. 
And we need to approach the Bible as a book that we need to learn from rather than just a book that proves we're already right. Does that make sense? So when you're talking about blind spots, it sounds like you're distinguishing that from biases. Would that be an accurate assessment? Yeah. I mean, or, I think, you know, a I think, prejudice? I think we do have that too. Uh, you know, we have... You know, if you if you grew up in a certain part of the world, you are probably going to have certain. Well, let me let me give you, for instance, I I heard a a story years ago. I assume this is true of a Southern Baptist choir that went to sing in Ireland. And when they got over there, the pastor of the church in Ireland came back just to check in on the choir and make sure that they were ready and they they were and he saw that the women had on makeup and he said there's just no way you can step onto our stage in the auditorium with makeup on it will be very offensive to the women here in Ireland so all the women had to hurriedly remove their makeup not that makeup is wrong but in in Ireland that was a that was a that was a bias that they had and the point being we all have cultural things that affect our bias but we all have an upbringing where some things are, are primary teachings and other things are sort of missed or forgotten. And you learn those things as a pastor, as you study, well, the Bible actually does touch this. The Bible, this is in the scripture. But my point being, we have some things we've never thought about. Some, And this next guy over here may have thought about those things. He may be better qualified than we are on those things. So there is a difference between bias that would would include some cultural things and blind spots, which are just points that weren't emphasized little to any in our own upbringing. Okay. Well, you know, that's a good distinction. And I, and I must say, you know, I've learned something here today. And so if uh, anybody listening to just Jerry, if you don't get anything else out of this, uh, apparently uh, women in Ireland don't wear makeup. So um, that's, uh, that's, that's just your, uh, Fact, little nugget of information for today. The, but, story, uh, the story goes on, by the way, that when they sat down for the fellowship meal after the church, they actually had uh, an alcoholic beverage sitting there on the table for everybody to drink. And so the Southern Baptist Choir from Southern United States was offended at that when they got there. So uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know that that entire story is true. I wasn't there, but <laughs> that is how it was told to me. So. <laughs> But I'll tell you what I especially like about this story is, uh, you know, being equal opportunity offenders. That is that's great. <laughs> so the so the point is that when we're talking about blind spots, we're talking about things that we miss. Um, sure. And that can be that can be due to biases, um, but is not necessarily equal to them. But things that we just miss, uh, things that we haven't thought about from time to time people will ask you a question uh, about a verse or something. And I don't know if you've had this experience. I have it quite often. I, ha you know, just have to say, hmm, I've never thought about that. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I don't know what to say to that. I've never thought about it. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have that happen pretty regularly. I mean, it, you know, as a pastor, you're going to have people come to you, especially if you've got a church full of studious people. And I'm, I'm thankful that we have quite a few that, that study on a regular basis here. And, and they'll come to me, they've been studying something in their, in their private studies at home. And a question comes up and they come to me with something I've just never given a lot of thought to. It's a blind spot for me. Um, 
you know, I, I've, I've read, you know, many books, studied many subjects, but I haven't studied them all. And I certainly haven't, you know, delved deep into the depths of every single passage of scripture. So I have to say, I, I, I'm not sure. Let me go study that and I'll get back with you. So can we say that one way that we have blind spots is just a function of the fact that we don't know everything and haven't thought about everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and by the way, the distinction between biases and blind spots that I mentioned earlier are, are at least sometimes connected to um, maybe the church that I pastor is passionate over one subject that seems to seems to get most of the attention. And but a, a result of that would be that we develop blind spots in those areas that we avoid. So biases can cause blind spots if we're not if we're not careful. Do you think we can ever get rid of blind spots? Completely. I don't know that we'll, we can completely get rid of blind spots, but we can certainly do a whole lot better than we, than we have done, I think. And, and, you know, I know we in private (laughs) have mentioned a number of times how, how often I mentioned sequential expository preaching, but if you'll preach through whole books of the Bible, some of those blind spots will go away because you're going to have to you're going to have to cover the next text. You know, everything's not going to revolve around your your favorite topic if you're preaching through Jeremiah or Genesis or Romans or, you know, whatever book you may be in. You're going to have to preach the next text. So you're going to be forced to study. I don't know about you. I know you preach through books for the most part. I know you have some other things that you do there, but you're going to be forced as a pastor to study some passages you've never given a lot of thought to if you preach through books. You you don't cuz you haven't given thought to them all. Right. I mean the whole counsel of God is a is a you know Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, that's the definition of the whole counsel and none of us have preached every word of it. I, or if if there is somebody maybe there is, but I I'm not near that point yet. I think maybe John Gill uh, got that done in about 25 years. Well, I, I, you know, you can tell from John Gill's commentary, which, you know, I have utilized and have a copy of it. I, I've utilized it electronically, you know, for the past few years. But you can tell even from his own commentary that he changes positions on some things as the years go on. The more that he studies God's word, the fuller his knowledge gets, you know, on certain subjects. You can see that move through his commentaries. And, um, I, I would bet if he preached through the entire Bible in 25 years, he did not dig the greatest depths out of all the books that are there either. Well, and I'm sure that I'm sure you've experienced this as I have as well. But once you get several years away from a book that you've preached through, you do realize that there are things you missed when going through it, uh, things that maybe you just didn't understand very well or things you just overlooked. You know, most of the time you get, a few years or so removed and you think, boy, I'd really like to do that over, you know, <laughs> but there's just other books to get on to. So you don't well, really I, have I've, the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been preaching through Luke now for a year and a half or so. And, you know, one of the dominant themes of Luke is the gospel of the kingdom, which just forced me to 
study the subject of the kingdom more than I ever have. If you're going to preach it, you've got to know a little something about it. I, I obviously bought, you know, Michael Vlock's book, He Will Reign Forever. You recommended that to me, by the way. Thank you very much. But so now the point being, so I, I'm learning about the gospel of the kingdom as I'm preaching through Luke. Now I'm looking at books that I've preached through four, five, six years ago thinking, man, I need to redo those books. And that's because I, I didn't have the full understanding of the kingdom at that point. But the pro- the problem is I've got unpreached books that I also need to cover. So right. <laughs> it's that is not easy. Uh, but if you know, if a pastor is learning like he should be, he's reading through his Bible regularly, he's studying through books regularly. He's he's methodically teaching his people. He's growing and his views and opinions of truths are adapting to his knowledge. It's just I know I've said this on Just Jerry before, but few things bother me more than a pastor saying, you know, I've been preaching 30 years and I've never changed my mind on any subject. I'm just almost ready to dismiss him at that point. He's just not reading. If that's true, if he really means what he's saying, he's just not reading and he's setting a low bar for what he expects out of his own church members. I would assume that a pastor expects his members to be changed by his preaching. I would think, Absolutely. well, if, if that's true, then he should have been changed by, his, by, the, by the subject in the passage that he's preaching. Right. If he's not being changed by it, why would he expect his people to be changed? I just... That doesn't make sense to me. I've been preaching, like I say, 20 years, and I hope that my knowledge and understanding of Scripture has become a whole lot more correct, you know, over that 20-year period. Well, I've been working on getting your knowledge of Scripture more correct, but I'm just not sure how much progress I've been making. Well, you're not working hard enough. (laughs) You're you're probably right about that. But, you know, you mentioned mentioned the kingdom, which made me think about, another aspect or another way that we have blind spots and that's by just assuming we know something when we really don't. And I know I was that way for a number of years. Uh, you know, the kingdom is mentioned all the time, uh, by people you hear it mentioned in sermons, you, you encounter it in books and articles and what have you. And I think a lot of people just feel like, ah, yeah, you know, I, I know what the kingdom is and what the kingdom's all about. And then you actually start studying it and you realize, you know, I haven't really thought about this very much and uh, I've just missed a whole lot on it. So we can also have blind spots when we just we just assume that we know uh, whatever the subject might be because we know something about it. We assume we pretty well know everything about it we need to know and we just don't study or think about it very much. Well, you know, doctrinal things, unfortunately, are often developed quickly and over very little thinking. You know, one of, one of the things that's often been talked about down here in the, the Southern States is, you know, three old rednecks sitting around drinking beer and they come up with this theory on something, you know, whatever it may be. Well, I, I'm hoping that's not what happened doctrinally with pastors, but, you, you know, I think sometimes three guys are sitting around drinking coffee. We'll, we'll make it coffee rather than, than beer since we're talking about theology, but Three guys are sitting around drinking coffee and somebody says, what's the difference between the kingdom and the church and the family of God? And I I think a guy just rattles off an answer and it just sort of becomes accepted. 
In other words, you know, I've heard, well, the, the kingdom is every child of God on earth at one time, and the church is smaller than that. It's local visible assemblies, and then the family of God would be everybody from Adam, if he was saved, Adam all the way through the, the last person that was saved. Well, that sounds good. The problem is that's just not in the Bible. It's just, I mean, never are those distinctions made in Scripture. The kingdom is nothing like that in, <laughs> in the Bible. The kingdom is, a, is a future-focused all the way through the Scripture. It's future-focused in the Old Testament. It's future-focused in the New Testament, not only during the ministry of Christ, but Paul even talks about you know not inheriting the kingdom of heaven if you are this, or he speaks about our future inheritance in the kingdom of God. So, you know, that may sound like good distinctions, but it's just not, it's just not biblical. The, so the problem is guys with blind spots on a subject form doctrine that they don't know enough about, and it becomes just standard lingo for churches. Is that, is that fair? No, I think that's good. So what do we do about blind spots or, you know, how do we, how do we handle that? How do we approach it? Uh, I mean, just how do we deal with that? Well, I, I think the first thing, and I know we've mentioned this many times, but every Christian, if if they can read, and I, I know there are believers in the world that that can't, and we take that for granted here in our in our society. But if every Christian that can read should be reading their Bible through regularly, and a church leader just absolutely should be reading his Bible through at least once a year, if not more often, at least portions of it. You know, maybe he reads the Old Testament once a year and the New Testament twice. I don't know, but a a church leader should be reading his Bible through on a regular basis. That's one way to at least expose yourself to blind spots. I mean, you're never going to know anything about Second Chronicles if you haven't read it. That, right. that seems obvious. You know, you're never going to con- consider who my servant in Isaiah may be if you've never read through Isaiah. So <laughs> you you need to at least be reading through. But I, I think at least for a church leader, you're going to have to expose yourself to some writings by men that have spent time on a subject that you simply have not. I'll go back to my recommendation of Michael Vlock's book, uh, He He Will Reign Forever. Vlock has taught on the subject of the kingdom for years. It is his primary teaching. And I was benefited by that. I mean, it's a 600-page book, and it took me a month and a half to read it. But it it was, I was greatly benefited because he was, uh, you know, he was putting years of work into that book. He's a specialist in that field. I didn't agree with every word that he had in the book, but he knew a whole lot more about the subject of the kingdom than I had ever considered, really. So you're going to have to expose yourself to some writings of other men who have spent time in a subject for you to be able to, you know, brighten a blind spot, give light to a blind spot. What was it Spurgeon said that time about reading other men? What's that quote? You probably know it. He that doesn't read other men will himself never be read or something like that. Yeah, it is something like that. I mean, I mean, Spurgeon obviously advocated for reading a, a wide variety of, of books. And, you know, for instance, if, if your entire understanding of the kingdom came from a five-minute conversation where somebody explained the, the kingdom and the family and the church the way I explained it earlier, 
you simply haven't given enough thought to the kingdom and you need to read something on that subject. Right. And I, again, let me, let me one more time, let me recommend that book by Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's four times now you've recommended Maybe we that. could I'm put a link for that in the description. How about that? <laughs> Well, maybe we, maybe we could, I'll have to work out the, uh, the contract first to get those, uh, commission off of the sales of that. But I only in that book though, though, because I think that's just a, an example of a subject that I personally had not studied enough. Uh, I, that, right. that was my personal blind spot and that's, it may not be anybody else's. I don't know, but I, I'm glad that I read it because it, it gave vision on a biblical vision on a subject that I did not know a whole lot about. And I, I'm glad to have, I know I have other blind spots. I don't know what they all are. If I did, I'd be trying to fix it. But hopefully as I read and study more and preach through books more, those will become apparent to me. Yeah. I think that's a good point that we don't, obviously we don't know what our blind spots are. Um, but knowing that we have them, I do think is important. Uh, really, if we're going to learn, we're going to have to start at a place where we say, I don't know everything. And uh, I, I always try to say this quote. Sometimes I think I get it right. Sometimes I don't. But I, I read it years ago and it's just it just kind of stuck with me. Um, I always think I'm right, but I don't think I'm always right. And I, I think that is important to know that I, I don't you know, I, I have blind spots. I don't know what they are, and I certainly need uh, those to be uncovered. And one of the ways that you've mentioned is obviously going to be uh, by reading all of Scripture, um, studying all of Scripture, um, but also, you know, reading reading other, other things. Uh, and you may not, and I'll be honest with you, you may not agree, and you probably won't agree with everything that you read in a book, but it can still be beneficial Sometimes reading things that we don't agree with uh, can help sharpen our thinking and can uncover blind spots in our own thinking and maybe holes in our own um, logical arguments and what have you. So I, I'm certainly uh, a supporter and, and an advocate uh, of reading. Well, I, yeah, I know, I know you, you definitely are. Let me, let me say this. If, if Paul can say, I am not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not acquitted by my unawareness. So I'm just paraphrasing that. But if he realizes <laughs> or realized that he had he didn't know where his problems were, but that there were still some problems, I, I think we'd all do well to just admit now that we do have some things that are wrong or maybe just that we aren't aware of and we need to fix that. And admitting we don't know it all, like you've said, is is the beginning of that. Um, you ever bought a book? I, I bought one recently. Actually, it was a pre-order for me, uh, Grace Defined and Defended by Kevin DeYoung. And I, I really thought that the book was just going to be a little short treatise on what has come to be referred to as the doctrines of grace. Uh, it's not that at all. It, it is about the doctrines of grace, but not in that way. It's it's more of looking at the Synod of Dort, which I had zero understanding of, not that I would have been there, they would have invited me, or that I would have gone back then, but I didn't have any understanding of that at all. So I've read the book anyway. I mean, I paid for it. I'm about three quarters of the way through, 
And though I have not agreed with every word in the book uh, for a number of reasons, I, I still have been greatly benefited by it because I didn't know anything about that. So even like you say, reading a book where you may not agree with every word, even though a lot of this book is very well written, I'm not any, Kevin DeYoung is a great mind and a great thinker. He and I, I would not agree on every subject. That may be because I have some blind spots and it may be because he has some, but uh, still yet he's worth reading and his writing is easy to follow. But my point being, this book is not what I expected. I actually expected it to focus my vision in on a subject that I thought I understood okay and still think that I do okay. But it actually became a book that showed me about some blind spots that I had. And so I've been benefited in a way that I didn't expect from that. You ever bought a book that way where you thought it's about one thing and it ends up being about something else? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, sometimes that's just how you. You learn. I, I, I really think that a pastor, especially a full-time pastor, needs to give himself to study. Uh, and even a guy that works, and I, I know it's harder for a guy that works, he is going to have to find some time to read some other things to help himself learn. Um, you, you need instruction from men that have learned on a subject more than you have. Certainly. And that, that's the only way to find your vision if you have a blind spot. Right. Well, I think we have solved another problem in the world and I know that everyone is going to, uh, rest easier and live a fuller life after listening to this just Jerry episode. So we probably ought to call it. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they will probably shut down my blog site going over there to try to read it. (laughs) You're not prepared for that kind of a, of a traffic. Weebly may have to reestablish their entire site after today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it up. I, I'm glad that uh, I know that I have now one person that has read that blog. Right. Well, you know, I, I try to contribute uh, my two mites where I can. All right, brother. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Glad that uh, you guys tuned in for Just Jerry Live. <laughs> <laughs>